Hello and welcome to the next edition of MDD's Claims Interviews. With me on my operating table today, I have David here from Lockton. Hello, David. Hi, Barry. How are you? Well, the sun is out, so I'm happy. And you? Yeah, pretty much the same, I think. Although the trouble is we're all stuck indoors all the time, working. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, we're on the upslope now. So uh, yeah. fingers crossed, things I think will now really start to improve. So you know what this is about. We're going to share with our listeners uh, a little bit about your career and things you've got up to. And we generally start with how did you come to get into the insurance industry? So, so tell us all about that. Yeah, it's a very easy one. I came out of school. Didn't know what I wanted to do. And it became a toss-up between insurance and banking. And depending on your point of view, insurance won. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant. Where did you start your career then? Crikey. Uh, With a firm that then was called Alexander Howden Insurance Brokers, now one of the many Aon brands or X brands. I've been doing this stuff for 40 plus years now. So about the same as you, Barry, pretty much. It's scary Um, how time flies. You know, the early three or four years were in the finance side, and then I decided there was more fun to be had being a broker. So at that point, I I changed over into uh, claims world. So that's, yeah, 30-odd years ago, a long time. And I think it's been a great career. You've got a great reputation, but we're going to dig around a little bit and find out how that's come about. So tell us a little bit about Lockton. You've been at Lockton for a long time. So what's that career path sort of been around? Well, yeah, I mean, we've only been Lockton for 15 years. I mean, the predecessor companies, as you know, was Nelson Hurst and, uh, and Alexander Falls. But I've been with the company 33 years. Career path, joined financial lines claims team. And then when we purchased Nelson Hurst, we were Citicor at the time. The team got bigger. It developed, it grew, and in what I think was 2000, joined a a combined claims team, which as you'll remember, was all of us together back then. 2008, took over the leadership of the claims team, and here we are many, many years later with about 75 claims staff in London for Lockton, and probably another 20 to 25 up and down the country, just on the UK side international side and you're a partner yes yeah i was uh, fortunate enough to be a founding partner back in 2010 fantastic david and well deserved so lockton has always sort of set its stall out as being a little bit different so tell us a little bit about the, the lockton culture yeah obviously the great thing about lockton is it's privately owned so that makes us quite unusual right there but it's really all about the client focus. There is no other way of describing it. I mean, we don't get distracted by our own business. I mean, we have very, very competent operations people that do that. But fundamentally, the focus of anybody who's client-facing, that's it. We wrap our clients, we put a team around them, and we support them through everything they do. So you've been in claims as you said, for a very long time. Yeah. We're definitely two of the saddest people in the marketplace. <laughs> but uh, tell me what you really enjoy about claims, because I know you're passionate about it. I, I think it is the challenge, Barry. You know, I jokingly always say it's very easy to give people premium. But when you're trying to squeeze claims funds back out of them, that's when you have to sometimes work a bit harder. And, uh, you know, you and I between us 
have handled some of the market's biggest claims in different lines of business. And the ability to deal with fellow professionals, carrier partners, insureds, third parties, the lawyers, the service providers, and get a great outcome for your client. I mean, it sounds sad, but there is nothing better. That's what we are all here for. Anybody working in insurance, it's all about does the product work at the end of the day? Mm. I think integrity and honesty is a really important aspect of the success of anyone in claims broking and and you very much typify that as well, David. But I'm going to stop being so gushing about you and move on a little bit further. So just coming back to Lockton a bit, yeah, um, they're, they're the world's largest independent broker. You sort of alluded to that earlier and it continues to grow. What is it that makes it so special? I think clients recognise what it is that we do and how we do it and the people that we have on the team. And, you know, it's amazing how many people will put their hand up and contact us and want to come and join the team, want to come and work for Lockton. So, you know, we are growing the business organically. We're not buying company. It's all about the right people, the right mindset and, and building the sort of practice lines globally as well. You know, you will recall that we didn't have too much on the international front, particularly around Europe in years gone by. That's all changing. So there's a real focus to get locked and fully global. And uh, yeah, it's, it's going really well. It's going really well. Good to hear. Good to hear. Coming back to your role and what you're doing, are there any particular plans that you've got at Lockton that you can tell us about? No, I mean, interestingly enough, the way we are organised and, and set up, my plans fundamentally, like a lot of people, I think, is just more of the same. You know, the growth in the business is creating challenge for all of the, what I would call the operations service teams, claims particularly. So we're just doing everything we can and we're recruiting as well to try and make sure that we're still able to offer the service levels that match what we're telling clients we can do when we're onboarding them. I'd like to think I've got many years left in me yet, Barry, and, you know, obviously quite enjoying the, the idea that perhaps we don't have to commute on a train five days a week going forward, which is nice, but still there's a lot to do. I mean, Lockton is not going to stop growing for a long time yet, if ever. And I'm surrounded by a group of very, very talented, professional claims people. And yeah, it's, it's a good team and it's, it's good mm-hmm. fun. As you say, you're surrounded by some great claims people like Lorraine Dyer and Helen Jocelyn and Nikki Knight. All the names are flowing back to me. So you are quite lucky. And I think that leads to another really good question, which is what does it take to make a great claims handler? I think fundamentally, I mean, you've got to have some product knowledge. I mean, you can't just walk into this game and expect to know it all. Although over the years, of course, you and I have seen people who think they do. But if you understand the product and you've got relationships with the carriers, and you've got the respect and the integrity, which is key, then you have several components of what actually probably makes the best claims person. You've always got to be looking on the flip side of the claim, potentially anticipating questions, queries, coverage issues being raised, that kind of stuff. I think it's something that takes a few years to really get your head around. And, you know, there's a lot of people that will mess about with claims, but it's not really their passion. And I think that's the other thing. I think most of us, the group of people that you and I know and have worked with, it's what we want to do. We're not looking over the horizon for something else. Claims is what we want to do. 
Mm, okay well that's really interesting to hear and i suppose you know having worked with so many claims people been in this business for so long david you've been influenced as you've gone along by some of the good things you've seen and some of the bad things you've seen probably in traits of people who've been managers and leaders around you so tell me in terms of your career who have been the greatest influences and, and why I think certainly in the early days, some of the people that I worked for, certainly when I went into claims from the other side of the business, other than that, different points in time, there have been different people I've looked at and I thought, yeah, you've got my attention. To be honest with you, I think most of the influencers have been people that sort of worked with immediately over the years. You know, you're in that category, Barry. And watching people, how they approach claims, how they approach decision-making, and analysis. I could probably write down a list of many, many people. So rather than do that, I would say that there have been many instances over the years where I felt there's been a positive influence on me and helped me to develop what I do and how I do it. Because, you know, we all start out very fresh and green in this game. Yeah. Well, you know, for my part, you were definitely an influence on me. You brought some, you know, some really interesting angles to how things should be done and the approach you should take. So, you know, I don't get to talk about on these interviews, people who've influenced me, but I'm definitely going to mention you in terms of the positive effect that you had on my career. So let's just talk about high points and possibly even low points. You know, what do those look like in your career? Any you can share with us? I really don't think there's been any low points that I can think of that are worth mentioning. High points... Many, pretty much all involve successful outcomes on some of the market's larger claims. Obviously, passing some exams at a point in time where you and I were competing was was quite satisfying. (laughs) Um, I remember that. We did this rash thing that halfway through our careers, we'd suddenly stop and take some exams to demonstrate we could actually be qualified to do the job. And in fact, (laughs) I seem to remember we got pretty much the whole office involved in this challenge to try and get these insurance exams. And and it was challenging and it was great fun. It was good fun. We passed. We passed. It was amazing. Eventually. And, eventually, and, eventually, yeah. And I hold that against you now because forever I'm qualified, which means I have to do 35 hours of CPD every year instead of 14 or whatever it is. So thank you for that, Barry. No, I, I think it, it does really hinge around the claims and, you know, without getting into details, I'm handling some of the market's biggest losses currently in different lines. And those are the high points. That's what I really enjoy. That's what I'm here for. Terrific. Absolutely terrific. So aspirations for the future? Wow. Get my golf handicap down. I know you've done that quite well. But uh, yeah, I really need to try and get out and play some more golf because I've, I've just been bad at it. But professionally, certainly Lockton, I think, is is where I see myself ending my career, whenever that is. There's so much to do there. There's so much more to do. There's so much more challenges. There's so many good people that I can help mentor and develop. and you know, we've got to get better at getting the knowledge transfer mm. in this market because we're, we're dreadful at it, as you know. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm expecting to be at Lockton for a long time yet. Oh, it's great to hear and great to hear for them, I'm certain. So we're going to get away from boring old work and we're going to talk a bit more about what you do outside of work. We've got a little test coming up. So tell me, outside of work, what do you enjoy most? Well, golf, of course, but not solely that. I mean, Formula One is quite a hobby of mine. 
um, trying to get my way around the world to watch different races at different times. Uh, family is obviously very important, and of course, yeah. friends, because without both of those, there's not much point in existing. Not that any of us have done any for quite a while, but I do quite like traveling. Um, and I'm hoping to get back to that, you know, at some point I'm hoping to get a sabbatical, but not much point when we can't go anywhere. So yeah, that's probably the main things that I really enjoy. And my son owns a pub. So, you know, I end up volunteering and serving drinks there quite frequently as well when he wants to go out or something. Sounds wonderful. Really Yeah. 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 Okay. Time for the test. I'm just going to remind you like everybody else that's try and keep the answers short and sweet. And clean. And, and clean, definitely clean. So, football or rugby? Oh, crikey, rugby. Okay. TV or radio? TV, probably. Okay, good. Uh, BBC or ITV? Oh, crikey. ITV out of those two. Okay. Meat or veg? Both. Can't have one without the other. Doesn't make sense. You've got to make a choice. Which one? Oh, all right. Veg. <laughs> okay, I believe you. I believe right. you. Another one of these aspirational vegetarians. Work or holidays? The truth. Wow, come on, work. You know the hours I keep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did say earlier, one of the saddest people I know. Lloyd's or companies? Oh, now come on, that's nasty because I've got a lot of respect for both of those organisations, but longevity, I suppose, and go Lloyd's. But I don't okay. mean it to anybody in the company. <laughs> I love it when people get defensive about their answers in case they're going to upset someone. <laughs> All right, here we go. 1980s or 2020s? Oh, wow. It's got to be the 1980s because it in the 20s. It has to be. It can't be the music, the clothes, the cars. And 2020 so far have just been rubbish. <laughs> that's a fantastic answer i have had some interviewees pretend they weren't born in the 1980s but i know ah. you, you you were quite old even in the wow 1980s. yeah <laughs> okay uh. and and finally i think i know the answer to this one harley or porsche no see you don't do you oh listen if you were to say motorcycle or car the answer would be motorcycle but you know i've never been into harleys they're loud they're slow so uh, japanese Fast bikes, yes. But a choice between a Harley or Pulse, then I'd have the Pulse. Oh, okay. Well, you have surprised me. So, David, we're sort of almost there now. And I always ask this question, uh, knowing what you know today, if you'd not got into insurance way back when, what would you be doing today? I'd either be in something to do with cars or something to do with hospitality. That's what I think. Not mountain climbing or... No, I, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't have the money to do that at the time. I'd have had to have got a job, but those were probably, they were the sort of two things that I really enjoyed as well, when I'm, and I've always enjoyed both. So, yeah. yeah, one of those two probably. But like I say, insurance got me, lucky then, or not. Well, David, you're an absolute credit, not only to yourself, your family, to Lockton, but also to the industry. I'm very grateful that you've let me have a chat with you today, find out uh, a bit more about what you're about or certainly help our audience to hear a bit about you. I think you've got a lot left in the tank to give the industry. I'll be listening out to hear how you're getting on. And I just want to thank you so much for joining me today. So thank you, David. Thank you, Barry. It's been great to catch up as always. Nice to see you. Great stuff.